0: Hi folks, I'm Bob Main and welcome to another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. Episode 481 to be exact, I carry a gun because I can't carry a cop. So this episode is on concealed carry and I had discussions again with my good friend Ben Branham. also have a voicemail that I'm going to talk about in this episode and also want to remind you this episode is sponsored by Concealment Solutions. Makers of fantastic holsters and I own several Concealment Solutions holsters. They are almost what I carry all the time. About 90% of the time I am using a Concealment Solutions holster and quite often a Concealment Solutions concealed carry belt. By the way, the belt is also as important as the holster in properly carrying a gun. So, uh, get ready! Here comes a, a practical podcast by just an everyday guy like me—not a firearms industry professional. Just an everyday guy taking my Second Amendment rights very seriously. Let's let's go to a listener voicemail first.
1: Hey Bob, Tim from NC. I just finished the podcast about uh, pistol sights and wanted to throw a couple of comments into the mix. Uh, first off, red dots are great on handguns, but I feel like their biggest benefit comes through just practicing with it. Uh, you see movement in the gun through the dot that you just don't notice with irons. I mean, there's a level of precision there, sensitivity or whatever, that really can pay dividends to control the movement. Uh, so that's, that's point number one. Uh, I carried a red dot gun for about four years and ended up switching back to irons mainly just because I felt like for me the irons let me see more downrange. They didn't get in the way when I didn't want them to and when I needed to see them they were there. Uh, I also ended up Choosing something a little bit different for irons this time around. I've shot with fiber and uh, the Trigicon HDs and the Ameriglo Pro Glows, which were the precursor to the Ameriglow Bowls. And this time around, I traded into a Glock 19 that had excess Big Dots on it. And I had a history with Big Dots. My first gun had them, and I blamed all of my missing on what I called those weird sights. <laughs> uh, you know, of course, I've switched them out for something else, and I didn't get any better just from switching the sides. But anyway, this time around, I took the long 19 to the range and was able to hit just as well with the big dots as anything else. And I've actually come to prefer them for my carry guns. They have a bit of a, a learning curve as far as y- you have to figure out exactly what the sight picture looks like to get your hits at first. But once you dial that in, they are extremely fast, and they can be as precise as any other sighting system. So, you know, there's that. And then as far as night sights go, I think night sights' biggest advantage is transitional lighting. They're no replacement for a flashlight, but they're great when you're in and out of lighted spaces. There's
0: that. Anyway, appreciate the podcast. Thanks a lot. Bye. Thank you, Tim. I appreciate that uh, voicemail. Tim also did a real nice guest podcast for me last year when I was taking a little bit of a uh, break from the show. So go back and listen to some of those older episodes and you'll find the excellent guest podcast that he did for me. So XS Big Dot Sites. It's been a while since I've shot a gun with excess big dots, but I think that a lot of people still use those sites, and I was able to do pretty well with them. You know, Tim, you kind of sparked my interest in maybe giving those a try again. Uh, not quite sure how I'm going to do that, but there is some viability to those sites, especially with that big front dot, because speed speed of being able to. Acquire that front front sight as a confirmation of the fact that you're on target. And again, you know your technique, your presentation technique is just as important as your sights. Your draw, the smoothness of it, presenting the gun the same way every single time because you've practiced it hundreds of hundreds and thousands of times the front sight and all the sights actually on the pistol basically just verify that you've done the correct thing that it's okay not to press the trigger because you're on target and so having that big dot up front a lot of people say they're not accurate and it's just not true um, as a matter of fact you can you can watch a lot of people shoot excess big dots and they're very accurate with it even at long distances they're accurate with those sights one of the first videos i ever saw on XS Big Dot sites is James Yeager. Now, I know James Yeager is a uh, sometimes a controversial figure in the firearms industry, but there's a video, I don't know if it's still on YouTube or not, he was making good hits on a steel target at 100 yards with XS Big Dot Sights. I think he did another one at 50 yards, and several other people have done the same kind of a video at 50 yards. So if you know what you're doing, if your techniques are sound, you can do it. So check it out. Uh, Check out Excess Big Dot sights and Tim. uh, Thank you for for bringing that up. It it just kind of goes to show that there's more there's more to good shooting than just having good sights on your pistol. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have good sights on your pistol. Uh, in the last episode, I talked extensively about that, but it's not the only thing that's going to help you shoot better. So, I also want to remind you, just before I get into this interview with Ben Branham uh, from the uh, Handgun World Mobile studio that if you want to support this show I really appreciate it I don't have a lot of sponsors only one right now I like to keep this show listener supported you all do a pretty good job of supporting the work that I do and that Ben Branham does over at the Modern Self Protection Podcast it's why we have the Shooters Club we've got some new videos up there that we recently uh, filmed and it's great educational site it's not full of advertising It's, it's shooting techniques the whole site, ShootersClubMembers.com. ShootersClubMembers.com. And you can join for only $8 a month, save a little bit of money, get a whole one-year membership for 75 bucks, and you'll support the work that I do here and that Ben Branham does at the Modern Self-Protection Podcast. Again, that's ShootersClubMembers.com. So, from the Handgun World Mobile Studio... My 2006 paid-off Toyota 4Runner. Here you go. Well, hey folks, for this segment of the Handgun World Podcast, uh, I'm in the Handgun World Mobile Studio headed out to a shooting range. Ben Branham is right next to me in the passenger seat. Uh, we're going to go shoot AASA, so we're going to go have some fun again, aren't we, Ben? Shooting competitions are always fun, and I always got new gear to test. Well, that's the thing, a new gear to test. Uh, are you are you testing the, um, the Concealment Solutions competition holster again?
2: No, I'm testing a CZ Scorpion bag gun that I've been running. Uh... I need to get... I You're like, shoot that today? Yeah, I got like 400 rounds through it. I want to get 1,000 rounds through it before I give it back to my buddy that I borrowed it from. So I'll be shooting that again. Hopefully I get another 120, 150 rounds through it. And then I need a long-range session to do some final tweaks on it. But so far, I'm really liking it.
0: Well, my last episode, I talked about my experience with that CZ for a couple of, couple of stages at the match. I like it. I like it. Um, I, you know, I've never been a fan of of large, humongous pistols like that for off-body carry. But if you like that, that's a that's a real good gun. Well,
2: I'm we'll go deep in the weeds here. I'm thinking I need a bag gun to take with me when I travel. Yeah. I want something, that, and I don't want to leave it in the truck because I can't carry a rifle with me everywhere. So this one folds up, and then I can stick it in a backpack, and I've got the backpack I'm going to be using. And then I can put my computer and all the other stuff that I normally carry in a computer bag with me in the front part of it and so it's like camouflage utility and then it's always with me and it's not so much that i think i need it right that second i carry it in case the end of the world happens when i'm on the road somewhere houston dallas whatever and it's you know i can't walk home because i'm 400 miles from home yeah so uh being able to get home i got to get home with whatever i got on me i do all the other survival stuff with water food and um blankets Fuel in the truck. I generally have enough fuel in the truck for wherever I am to get home, yeah. and I'll put extra fuel cans in. So I do all of that stuff. The last thing was that rifle, and the only thing that I didn't, I didn't mind. I had a AK with a folding stock. Went under the seat. You couldn't see it. I get uneasy leaving the gun in the truck all the time because if something happens and this truck gets stolen or somebody breaks into the truck and steals my bag, you know they're going to steal the gun every time, and that's just yeah, I as a responsible gun owner it's my responsibility to keep that gun under lock and key under my care so that it doesn't fall in the wrong hands i know we can do the everything the laws you know don't help us all the time and there's a lot of variables to that but i am going to do my very best to keep that thing under my control so that there's no way a bad guy can get a hold of it and use it on another innocent person
0: yeah and for a bad gun you know that's That's where I thought was the big strength of that CZ Scorpion when I had a chance to use it a little while last weekend. I thought that was, it's well made for that.
2: So anyways, that's what I'm shooting today. What are you shooting today?
0: Glock 19, third gen, just an old fashioned third gen Glock 19. I got it souped up a little bit. Um, You know, I've got, uh, I got the Vickers slide release and mag release and base pads and no trigger work because I don't I don't mess with triggers on my carry guns most of the time. And uh, Trigicon HD sights, bright yellow front. I'm gonna I'm gonna have fun with that uh, with that old fashioned Glock 19. You know, third gen, uh, the, the 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 ones that everybody has forgotten about now because there's all these newfangled guns out on the market.
2: It's pretty interesting that they're uh, still producing all three generations. The 3, the 4, and the 5. Uh,
0: they might they might have discontinued the 3. I don't know. As far as new guns. Well, I don't know if they're making any new third generation.
2: No, but here's another interesting, and it's its going to be California law that's going to keep them
0: oh, doing yeah. Gen
2: 3 forever. Believe, about that. Believe it or not, you guys in California out there are one of the biggest like states for buying guns there is. Even though you have some of the worst laws, you still drive the market a lot. And ah. the other thing that Glock may not do is they're not going to discontinue them until all of their military law enforcement contracts with the Gen 3 have been replaced with the Gen 4 or the Gen 5.
0: I see, I see. Well, the only reason, I've said this on my podcast before, the only reason I have not switched to a Gen 5 Glock as my primary carry Glock is I, I just simply cannot stand that cutout on the front strap. It it digs into my pinky a lot when I'm shooting, especially when I'm getting a crushed grip on the gun um, my pinky's all red from that stupid cutout and I know a Dremel tool or some base pads and things like that might fix that but that's, I I, I wish that I know they have the the 19 MOS without the cutout and it's kind of tempting, I'm thinking about uh, owning one of those just simply because it doesn't have the cutout on the front strap, Uh, but then again it's an MOS gun so you know, uh, I'm going to pay a little bit more for it and things like that
2: Yeah, well, I like the idea of that no cutout, and um, never been a Glock fan, but that cutout, I'm with you. They, I, I took a class with that Gen Five because I wanted to test it. I bought one when it first came out. Yeah. And day one, I shot the Gen Five. Day two, I went back to the M&P because my hands were so torn up. Yep. I was, I was blood blister, ready to bleed, and. Yeah, my gun was making me bleed, and yeah, I know some of you guys are like, oh, that's just what guns do, and I tape everything. Well, that's old 1911 days when everything was sharp back in the 70s and the 80s. Yeah. My M&P doesn't make me bleed.
0: Yep, yep.
2: My Glock Uh, Gen 4 doesn't make me bleed. Or my my Gen
0: 3 doesn't do
2: that to me either. The CZP-10, I'm trying to think of all the classes that I've shot, you know, courses with. They don't make me bleed, so I'm just like, hmm, you know, why would I shoot the gun that makes me bleed sorry glock it was a great idea so you could rip magazines out that get stuck but yeah there could be a better solution to that problem
0: it's a deal breaker for me if they come out with the gen 6 and they don't have that cutout and one that's not an mos version because i really don't want to get the i don't want to get a glock mos because the way i kind of feel is i know i could shoot it without a red dot but then the rear sight's in a different position because it's a it's an optics ready gun, and uh, I don't know. I'm just kind of mad about that. So uh, I'll wait. Uh, maybe I'll get a Gen Six when they come out with the Gen Six. You could always get the 19x too. No, not for concealed carry. <laughs> not, which leads us into the uh, the primary subject I wanted to talk about on this segment: concealed carry. So, let's talk about the 19X. Most people know, I'm not a fan of the Glock 19X for concealed carry. Now, people say, "Oh, it shoots great." I've shot it. Yes, it shoots great. Oh, it feels great if I got big hands. Yes. I don't have extremely huge hands. It's it's a fantastic gun, the Glock 19X for concealed carry. It's it's like trying to conceal a Glock 17 with that with that grip and I just don't see the point for concealed carry. Uh, Honestly, I think...
2: Competition, great. Honestly, I think Glock will flip it around and they'll come out with one that has a 17 slide and a 19 frame. Somebody needs to do that. Just personal thoughts. But anyways, yeah, I'm with you on that one. But yeah, I didn't understand it until I held it and I was like, oh... If somebody forced me to carry a Glock again on duty, yeah. that would be the one I'd carry.
0: That the 19x.
2: Yep, without Well, a actually doubt.
0: the 45 would be better for you. The Glock 45. It's a 19x that's black with no of the uh, of the extra features that the X has uh, and and uh, like no lanyard and stuff like that. Oh nope, thanks. I'll take I'll take the 19x. I'll take oh, you the, want that? the old Skull
2: Crusher, the lanyard. Huh. Okay. So if I needed it, it's there. Uh, it has that flared magazine well. I'll take that over a yeah, not. So I'll take the 19-round magazines. I'll take the extra internals. I'll take all of that stuff. All so, right. and I, and I really like the four-inch barrel on the Glock. Glock hit it out of the park with that thought. Yeah. And uh, just for it's, you know, and then it's all the you go all the way back to the commander-length gun on the 1911. Yeah. It's uh, that that size gun has just been the perfect all-around gun for everything for so many years that. And I can really feel the difference when I shoot the 17 versus the 19 versus the 34. The different size slides. Yeah. It just doesn't recoil the same. The recoil impulse is wrong on the longer guns. That 4-inch gun really hits the sweet spot between cycle speed and push and all that stuff for me. I really think everything... The 4-inch barrel is just the way to go on just about everything. So I'm super happy with that.
0: Yeah, yeah, good. So let's talk about what we actually carry. We've talked about this before, but I think it's a good subject to review because everybody everybody wants to try to find that ideal carry. It's something I've been learning in the last year as I'm trying to find my ideal carry is that what I've learned is it doesn't exist. Uh, <laughs> Everything's a compromise. Exactly. Because I say ideal. There is no ideal. I mean, you know what would be ideal? Ideal would be... 17 rounds, extremely small and concealable, with no recoil, and, and awesome sights that shoot two-inch groups at 25 yards. That would be ideal. Does it exist? No, it doesn't. You know? Um, so, what's what's almost ideal? And what I've been finding is, it really comes down to, if I want a small gun, if I want what's classified as a small gun, out of what I own, it, it's come down to two. It's come down to my m Shield 2.0 and a Glock 43. Um, I've been playing around with the, with the Glock 43X since we did that video and the Glock 48. And same concept like we were talking about with the Glock 19X. Good guns, but that extra grip and the extra weight in the grip... Kinda defeats the purpose of what they are. In my opinion. So. Yeah, so I'm kinda with you. I think there's
2: a couple different classes of gun I carry. So I carry a pocket gun when I'm too lazy to carry anything else is really what it comes down to, and that's what I'm wearing right now. Because I have that rifle bag gun in my bag right behind the seat if anything really goes down. Bob's carrying and then so I'm just carrying my little revolver, my LCR 38 special. Ruger, nothing special, it has a laser on it that doesn't even work, I don't care I don't use the laser, and I've put probably at least a thousand rounds through this little gun, and it just it's a little workhorse, and it just goes, and it goes, and it goes, Yeah. I can find ammo, and I shoot, shoot cheap Russian crap through it, so I shoot the same ammo for practice that I shoot for self defense, and I know that you think that's bad, but it goes bang every single time and it's 158 grain plus P round, so it's going deep even out of the one in 7 8 barrel it's less than two inches in it so that's really what i'm looking for something <laughs> that goes bang every time that's going to go deep that doesn't have as excessive recoil and believe it or not this does not have excessive recoil with those rounds it's not too bad yeah and the flash isn't too bad
0: Other. i got, I got a funny story for you about that somebody on youtube put a comment on our channel when you said that you shoot cheap russian crap And they said, they asked the question, is that your new ammo sponsor? Cheap Russian crap
2: ammo? Um, Tula, if you're listening, yes, yes. I would shoot, I shoot your ammo all the time and I would totally go for it. Wolf, same thing. I shoot your stuff. Uh, what's the other one? Monarch. Monarch. Uh, yeah, the Wolf stuff is, here's, here's my skinny on it. The Monarch stuff I really love, but it's distributed by Academy. I'm not sure who really makes it, but it's very, very consistent and I like it. And that's what's in my revolver. Um, The Tula ammo, very, very consistent. I really like it, and it's cheap everywhere. So that's what I generally buy. Wolf is not as consistent because they have three, four, five different manufacturers that make it. Wolf is really a distributor, not the manufacturer. So, you know, it's not as consistent as it could be because you have five, six, seven different. And it's not even Russian companies anymore, or manufacturers. They're Eastern Bloc. Yeah. companies that are manufacturing the ammo to the spec that you know they're all their there's i'm sure it's to a spec but they're uh, every factory is not doing it to the same spec yeah so it's uh you get a little inconsistency there but it doesn't really matter for your practice stuff if it doesn't go bang every time you know tap rack get back in the fight it's uh good practice but yeah i need to if you guys are listening, I love your stuff. It's super cheap. It <laughs> shoots real well. I really enjoy it. So uh.
0: free plug, free plug. Nobody paid us for that. Um, so you 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 love your LCR, and uh, like I said, my uh, my Shield 2.0. Uh, I just I can't say enough good things about that gun. There's there's nothing I don't really like about that gun. Um, you know, I nine round gun. And nine rounds is fine for me. I, I really feel confident I can get out of any situation that I'm probably going to be in with nine rounds. I Pretty good. You know what? I'm willing to take that chance because the odds are so slim that I'm going to need to shoot more than nine times to get out of a situation.
2: Well, there's the reality of it. It's You're willing to take that chance. I'm willing and- to take
0: that chance. Unless I can carry my MP 2 compact fifteen round or my Glock nineteen fifteen
2: round, so I do the same thing. I'm willing to take the chance with the, just the revolver in my pocket today because I went, rounds. yeah, I went to Bob's house and then, then I went to. We're going to the range, yeah. And I have the bad gun on me all the time. Yes, it'll take forever to get that bad gun in, but uh, you know, if the world ends, <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty good off. But if we just have a little robbery between here and there with Bob carrying a gun and I carrying a gun. Um,
0: We'll probably get out of that.
2: Yeah, I'd say sorry for the guy that tries, (laughs) you know. But,
0: yeah. So, the Glock 43, the regular, original, version 1 Glock 43, really like it. Um, I use a a, a base pad, which gives me plus one. So, I got got an eight-round gun. It's seven. Plus one, I got an eight round, so that's pretty good amount of capacity for a small little gun. The Glock forty three is a little bit lighter. Some people say, "Oh, Bob, that Glock forty three recoils too much." You know, uh, I, I, I'm a little bit of an educated guy. I did graduate from college, and uh, so a little bit of common sense I got, and I figured out that just changing ammo. I know that's a huge revelation, and uh, see how smart I am. I figured, hey. I figured it out. Just change ammo, and the recoil might be different. Uh, some ammo just does not recoil very much in that Glock forty-three, so that's what I carry.
2: Hold oh, on. cool. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, I guess holsters is the next thing. My pocket gun that I always have, yeah. and you can laugh at me for this, but I carry a Sticky Brand holster in my pocket as a pocket holster. It's a good pocket, and holster. it's uh, they work pretty well for me. Um, the downside is they wear out every six months to a year. I have to change it, but How that's much because. Does it cost? Uh, I get them for like twenty bucks.
0: There you go. That's not bad.
2: And they say they'll do a lifetime warranty on them. I haven't, you know, I should try to dig into their lifetime warranty and see if they'll do it yeah. when this one wears out. Call them and say, hey, it wore out. You know, will you replace it for free. Yeah. Um, I f- kind of feel guilty because they're twenty bucks and I wear it. I wear it twenty four seven. It's like pants on, gun on, and that yep. that revolver drops in my pocket. And even when I'm carrying a bigger gun. And uh, to everybody at matches, don't don't hear, you know, if you're at the match with me, don't hear this, but that. We're not supposed to have loaded guns all the time around, but that, that little pocket revolver's in my pocket during the match loaded. It just never comes off of me unless I go into a really non-permissive environment.
0: And I think, Ben, you just said probably the most important thing about concealed carry. The gun is always on you. You always have it. In my opinion, there's no more valuable gun and there's no better gun than the one that you always have with you. You agree? Yeah, you
2: got to have it with you. And uh, Tom Givens, if you haven't taken his class, it's worth taking his class to hear the one lecture at the end that he does that says, "Have your effing gun." And he he is very vocal about it, and he's very upset about it, and he he's very pissed off about it. And he waits till the end of the class. He tells you, "Okay, we're all done shooting." Like We're going to go back in the classroom. You guys can dump your ammo and just come back. And somebody inevitably will ask, can we dump our guns, too, and put them in the car and just be <laughs> done with it? So he does it on purpose as a trigger, I'm sure. But, yeah, he has a whole conversation about that. It's just have your effing gun. Yep. How simple of that? You want to win the fu- gunfight? You want to win somebody trying to have kill you or your family? You've got to have that thing on you. I mean, I like the bag gun in the idea, but it's behind the seat. It, it's going to take, and yeah. it, it'll feel like five minutes if we're under fire, and i got to pull that bag gun out, even though I've got a magazine inserted in it. i got to pull it out, sl- flip open the stock, charge the weapon, and then flip it off safe, and I'm good to go. But, you know, hey, that's going to take a while, especially in a confined space like the car, all that good stuff. So it's kind of like, you know, why are we, why do we, think that the gun under your seat for your car is good when you're pumping gas? Why do you think the gun in your safe is good when you're sitting downstairs at your house? Or the like gun me? in the
0: glove box of your truck that you're probably
2: never going to get to if you need it. Well, I wouldn't say never. That's not bad if you're driving. If you're sitting in the car, but as soon as you're not sitting in the car, in the driver's seat, that gun is worthless to you.
0: Right.
2: So it's kind of the gun that you have on you is the way to go. And I like bigger guns, too, and normally I'm still carrying an M&P... Original 4.25 9mm that I've been carrying for over five years now, going on six, and something you're like very that. Good with it. And it works great. I'm thinking about some other guns. And uh yeah, I gotta I gotta try some other things. The one I'm really looking at is the SIG 320.
0: 320.
2: Yeah. I, I really I shoot that one. Every time I shoot that one, I actually shoot it better than my MP, and that's the only reason I'm thinking about going there to it because it uh, shoots a little bit better for me. Not that the like gun's it, more the... It's probably not more accurate, it's probably not more reliable, it just seems to shoot better for me. I can put up targets and shoot groups under pressure, and the groups are better with the SIG than they are with the Smith. Sorry, Smith, been your fan for years, guns work great. You have the great sizing on them now, with the compact, the full size, and hopefully you'll come back out with the subcompact, uh, and then, you know, you would be all set.
0: Well, and since you're on this topic about shooting a gun well... The gun that I actually, the small gun that I shoot the best is that 2.0 shield. Uh, I, I can hit just about anything I want to hit with that gun. Uh, and it's different for everybody. Some people say they don't like that. Um, but I do. I can hit. So that's the other That's the other Bob Main rule, I guess, I'm going to say. is I'm going to copy Tom Gibbons and say rule number one is have your gun. Rule number two, be able to shoot it and hit almost all the time with that concealed carry gun. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's a 5 shot revolver a 6 shot .380 uh, a single stack 9mm, be able to shoot and, and make hits.
2: Yeah, whatever you shoot best is probably what you should carry. Doesn't matter if it's a 1911 a Glock, a Sig, a Smith uh, CZ I know I'm leaving out somebody's favorite Beretta, whatever, whatever it is if you'll carry it and you can shoot it yeah. that's the one you should go with. I'm yeah. very in, I'm very non-company specific on anything. I have my favorites, but it's just because they fit my hand real well. And
0: and speaking of that, what you're talking about, I have a new pocket gun, and uh, we we featured it on one of our Modern Handgunners videos. By the way, if you're not subscribed to Modern Handgunners on YouTube, it's me and Ben reviewing all kinds of guns uh that lcp2 that ruger lcp2 when we reviewed that i think we both liked it didn't we that thing shot like a house
2: on fire i gotta say itty bitty sights but didn't recoil as much i don't know what they did from the lcp1 to the lcp2 but whatever they changed the springs and the weights in that thing Holy Toledo, that's a whole different gun.
0: They changed
2: the grip? Uh, It it just looks like they changed the grip texturing, but I don't know. Whatever they changed in it, the LCP-1 was super popular because of its size, but it didn't shoot worth a damn, and it couldn't hit anything with it. It recoiled too much. I hated it. It was a great... You know, NPA gun, non-permissive environment gun, right? And that's really what I want something that small for. And I think I might have to buy one of those, Bob. That would be my first pick right now for that itty-bitty, tiny and little under pocket $300. gun. Yeah, that you could hide somewhere. Right now, I have yeah. a couple Caltech P32s. I know oh my gosh they'll break they never work blah 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 yeah they shoot just fine for me they're itty bitty tiny i can stick that thing anywhere and people miss it all of the time doesn't matter i can be in i mean i went into me and my wife went to some big um charity dinner yeah suit and tie whole nine yards dress dresses and dancing drinking all of it I didn't partake in the drinking because I was carrying a gun. I think technically had the sign up that said no guns allowed. And they were very, very gun shy because it was for, it was a dinner for um, battered wives and battered women trying oh, to get out. Okay. So they're very, very sensitive. To the whole, uh, if you have a gun, it'll be used against you and it'll kill you. Which, eh, you not know, not
0: true. Not always true. Not always, but,
2: but sometimes. Sometimes. So they're very, very against that, and they had a police officer, so it was a very non-permissive environment for me. Judge um, you your little. Uh, so Tech? I carried the little Caltech in inside the waistband holster, shoved inside, and then they're so light that you, yep, you know, it doesn't even pull down on my pants. Yep. So it was a great little gun to have. So you gotta so that's part of my that's kind of my three gun battery for self-defense because yeah. I have my pocket gun which is the gun I carry all the time when I'm lazy and also it's my backup gun I generally when I'm carrying my big gun I still have my pocket gun on it's just always there and then I have my big gun which is always gonna be a four inch barrel 15 round something or another just yeah. gonna be the way it is even if I uh, got super rich and I bought my dream guns of the stis that are like three or four grand uh-huh. it would be a four inch 15 round gun. And doing that, so you know, all of the things,
0: and I think one thing you really liked about the Ruger LCP 2 much improved trigger. Um, and this is just a, a free commercial for Ruger because you know, we're not gaining in any way again. I like my listeners to just benefit from my experiences, far improved trigger. So that's now my new go to pocket gun, and the Shield 2.0 is my new go to uh single stack. And uh, we just got to the range. We're gonna shoot competition. So in segment two, let's pick up this topic, Ben, because I have some more things I want to say about it.
3: Well, yeah, it's getting tough out there. Yeah, no doubt. I work in home invasions, mostly. Uh, Some murder, uh, occasional rape, uh, and I'm a huge advocate of gun control, absolutely. Uh, Competition is stiff, and it, it doesn't help that every time I kick in a door or smash a window, that I face the possibility of being shot and killed. Listen, the fact is, allowing citizens to own guns creates a hostile work environment for me and my associates. Uh, No one should have to work under, under those conditions. Uh, I say make them all illegal, absolutely. Make all gun ownership illegal. I mean, I break the law for a living. I'm a professional, so (laughs) it doesn't really bother me. I mean, but personally, knowing that most homeowners don't have guns, uh, that would make me a lot more comfortable, uh, more confident, and it would surely increase productivity. No doubt. No doubt. Your local violent criminals work hard and put their lives on the line every time they attempt to murder, rape, abduct, or assault a member of the citizenry. They desperately need your help. With your support, there may finally come a day when a violent criminal can have his way with you or someone you love without the fear, anxiety, and stress caused by knowing there's a possibility his victim might be armed. Please show your support by voting for stronger anti-gun legislation. Because criminals prefer unarmed citizens.
0: Okay, back for the next segment as we're driving home from a place to shoot in San Antonio, Texas. How how was the match, Ben?
2: I had fun. Half of the stages I did really well and the
0: half of them not so well. Yeah, pretty much like me. I had fun, that's all I'll say. I think you can I think you can read into what I'm saying for the rest. It it wasn't so good but you know, boy, I had fun. And that's the most important thing as I always say for competition, you have to just have fun. And I don't know where for $25 and about 100 rounds of ammunition, I don't know where you can have more fun with a handgun.
2: Well, and you can test your gear too. I tested uh the new taco pouch for my sub little uh PCC that I'm shooting and uh well, Since the magazine fell out of the mag pouch twice, Ah. that is not the mag pouch for this gun.
0: Okay, so you learned that.
2: To be safe for the the high-speed gear that makes taco pouches, this taco pouch was designed for a pistol, not for the submachine gun mags that I'm running, the 30-round mags. Yeah. So just too much of it hangs out, and it's just too top-heavy, and it... And
0: so it popped right out.
2: It fell out of me twice. But I saw that when I kind of did it, but that's why, I mean, I got it for 25 bucks on... Amazon delivered, so I couldn't beat that. Nicely, That's why I yeah. wanted to try one. So I'll have to find some other magazine solution for this gun. But you know, hey, it, it tests your gear, right? I can walk around, and when it fell out, somebody just pointed out, said, "Hey, it fell out." I'm like, oh, hey, look at that. Yep. So, and it wasn't a big deal.
0: Yeah, good. Well, I did the stupid thing of switching guns halfway through the match. I wanted to do that anyway. And uh, so it's a even going from a Glock 19 to an M&P. There's enough differences that it kind of screwed me up on one stage. But I settled into it, and it was okay.
2: <laughs> you always change guns. Yeah, but that's the folks. fun. He always changes guns. Yeah, that's the fun. fun.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm I'm gun. still in the middle of my test, and uh, once I once I finally decide. Oh, and by the way, test. That's what I wanted to talk about. If anybody out there listening has a double action, single action. That uh, that I can test, even if it's for a month or two, uh, get a hold of me, Handgunworld at gmail.com I would like to work something out with you because I, I still want to. I want to test that. I don't want to give up on that. I'm I, not crazy about the double action, single action, but some people really, really like them. They, uh, especially uh, people well, like Spencer Keepers and uh, guys like that.
2: Singles run great. You just got to learn how to run that first trigger and it's kind of cool for guys like me that are ultra aggressive yeah press that trigger as you're coming out of the holster and no not right where when you're out of the holster why once you orientate the gun towards your target then you start pressing the gun uh, pressing the trigger and once it gets up to your eye level and your sights are on target that's when you finish the trigger press and go through it's a very big timing thing and it's a it is that isn't an an advanced skill (laughs) you know yeah people hate to say there's no advanced skills there's only the no that's a, that's an advanced skill that's an, an advanced, advanced
0: skill yeah things at
2: the same time when i'm drawing my gun moving pressing the trigger and getting it up to where it's on target before the gun goes off that's yep. all timing and practice and i'd call that an advanced skill but you know hey i get i argue with a bunch of other traders there are no advanced skills you just do the basics faster
3: Yeah.
0: i think that's kind of a useless argument really um you know, guys like Ernie Langdon, Spencer Keepers, they they can really do well with those double-action, single-action guns.
2: Oh, yeah. And then the revolver guys like Jerry Micklick, that's a double-action.
0: Yeah, double-action only, yeah.
2: And i got to say, I tested the other day, because I went to the range with a friend, and he had a SIG 250, which is a double-action-only version of the 320. Yes. Um, and I shoot that thing really, really well. Mm, okay. It's just stroking through, and that sounds bad, just Going straight through that double action trigger gives me just that tenth of a second—not even tenth of a second—really five hundredths of a second slower to see that front sight better and make that sight adjustment before I press the trigger again. If I'm running the gun as fast as I can on the the Glock or the M&P, I'm really just driving the gun, and every time that front sight moves, I'm just trying to push it back on the target. With the Sig, when I do that double action. I have that time, and I can't run the gun at .17, 0.16 where I'm running my my autos now. I can run it at .2, which is, you know, three hundredths of a second slower. Yeah. And But I can get that better... I, I just see that front sight, and I can bump it a little bit towards where it needs to go. When I'm running the gun as fast as I can run the gun with just my... The single action, or whatever, safe action, whatever you want to call it, the striker-fired guns, I see where it is, so I'm driving it back towards the next shot. I'm not really moving it as I see where it is to fire the shot. It's already kind of lined up, and as long as it's close, I'm still pressing the trigger. It's already, kind of the action's already done. So, anyways, the double-action trigger, I don't think is a down anything that's really going to hurt you. I think it's something that you can easily go around on everything, a double-action only gun versus a double-single-action. You could always work around all of that stuff and make it work.
0: Yeah, you absolutely can. And the sweetest things uh, about double-action, single-action guns is that single-action... You know, once you train yourself to make an effective shot with the first double-action shot, the single-action on those guns is just beautiful. It's beautiful. I mean, they are, most of them. And especially if you get something like a customized Beretta or a customized SIG or or even a a custom H&K or something like that with with the DASA triggers that have been worked on by somebody that knows what they're doing. It's a... It's a beautiful CIG, thing. <laughs> the SIG with the short
2: reset Yep, right
0: SRT. The yep. They're beautiful. Yeah, they are. Okay, so back to carrying. Uh, the last segment we were talking about guns that we uh, like to carry and carry all of the time. I've actually uh, been taking a liking also to my Glock 43X. Uh, and even better than the 48, which you don't hear a lot of people say. A lot of people are raving and raving and raving about the 48. And it's okay. But, you know, you like the 4-inch barrel, but I'm I'm finding there's a place for the 43X. Um, Sometimes I want a short-barrel gun, like, for example, now I'm driving. And uh, when I'm sitting in my truck for a long time and I'm going on a long trip, that shorter barrel works better for me when I'm carrying strong side hip, and I still have a a 10 plus 1 gun, 10 plus 1 rounds.
2: A little more comfortable for you to sit for a long time.
0: A little bit more than the 48, because the 48 is basically the same size as my Glock 19. And so for me, and everybody's body is different. The holsters that they use is different. So that's, that's the other thing I want to say about carry. What about you? When, when you're driving, Ben, what do you carry?
1: Uh,
2: well, I, I really, I keep going back. I, when I'm lazy and I'm going to be for a while, I always have the pocket gun on me. And then I just that I really like my shield. Yeah, and I don't, and I'm looking at it, going, huh? You know what I really like is the new shield with the four-inch barrel coming out. Yeah, and I think I might have to get one of those. Yeah, I'm not sure. There's like six guns that I need right now, so it's on the list. But one of those little shields with the four-inch barrel, I think, would be the perfect carry gun for me. It's eight rounds, I know, eight plus one,
0: and it's kind of weak. That That's way. okay, but nine it's rounds is a super
2: thin steel single stack, and it's thinner than it, it is thinner than the Glock in the 10 round magazines, but it's still, it's just, right now that gun is just, a, I don't know, I can't say, it's just the nicest carrying gun I've ever had, yep. I never worry about it, I can shove it inside my waistband, I'll use like a clinger holster, right now that's my favorite, I haven't found one that's cheaper and better, or either, but it's just, it's a wraparound inside the waist holster that has a big plastic clip on it, they clip to my belt, I've never had it move or fall off, yeah, and I can put it, and I put it behind my hip, and I will just sit on it, and it's just super comfortable for me. It doesn't dig in real bad. I don't have any problems. Other things, I, you know, you sit in it for three or four hours, and you start to feel it getting hot, and you can start to feel it start to hurt a little bit, and then yeah. you, move, you move a little bit, and it hurts a lot a bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Everybody that's probably sat on their gun for a long time knows that one. Yes. So with that, with that shield, I don't really have that problem, and, I, and I'll give a free plug to the base plates right now. Uh, Paul Carlson. Paul
0: Carlson's, yep, MagFix.
2: Making the mad Fix. got to have one of those. Right I have out. three.
0: I have three of those base plates. I
2: have five or six of them, Yeah. and uh, I bought half of them. Thanks, Paul, for giving me the other half to test. Yes, and that's, me too. But that's how good I thought they were. You know, he sent me one of the steel ones, and I went back and bought two of them. And then he sent me one of the plastic ones, and I went back and bought two more. Yep. So uh, The yeah, plastic ones are great. Um, I like the metal ones better, but they're... Uh, the metal ones are like $70, $65, $70 a piece.
0: I don't think he sells them anymore, I think he does
2: he? quit selling them because the plastic ones are like $20 a piece. Yeah. So, right now, my carry guns are the metal mags and the, you know, the metal base plates and then the plastic base plates are what I all train on. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm totally into those and I can totally see if I had to replace them all, I'd probably just go with the plastic ones anyways because, you know, you buy the magazine for 20 bucks and you buy the base plate for 65 and it kind of hurts. Yeah. But... $20 base plate, I can do that all day. So, yeah, go check those
0: out. MagFix, I think it's magfix.com. Yeah, magfix.com. magfix.com. A free advertisement. Hey, Paul, you know what? If you're listening, send me an email. Uh, I haven't talked to you in a long time. So, all right, so that's what you're carrying. And uh, the either the Shield or your full-size M&P. Yep, or the M&P. And the f-
2: Shield, I carry... I've been... Mean, so the shield has been sent to my bag gun for when I go to the gym. Okay. I was killing in a full-size MMP with two extra mags, with all that, and it was just... At the gym? gym bag seemed to be heavy. Oh, yeah. So I put I it in my bag and carried
3: off body. I got so you. So my
2: shield got switched out for that one, and then it's uh, a little bit less juggling every time I go to the gym and stuff. I can just grab my gym bag and go. I don't have to worry about you know, taking the gun from wherever it is and putting it in. So I've been I've been lazy that way. That's where my shield has been a lot. But, yeah, my shield is nice when I go to someplace that it's not illegal to carry, but I probably shouldn't carry because people, you know, if they see you, they'll be very upset. Yeah. So I'll carry the shield a lot on that stuff. I don't...
0: That's where I carry my Glock 43 it is when I just don't want to be seen. Now, something else I have to say that uh, I have covered this before, but it, i got to repeat this. And, and it's because of you, Ben. You... You actually got me sold on the Glock 42. Um, I I have one Glock 42 that had to go, when I first got it, it had to go back to Glock because I bought it. I did a dumb thing. I bought it when it first came out. Not, Not usually a good idea to buy guns when they first come out, but I did it. And so I sent it back to Glock, and they did something to it. And ever since I got it back from Glock, it's awesome. And that little gun, don't discount a Glock 42. I know everybody says, Oh, it's only a 380. I'll tell you, that's a three inch barrel in that gun. And if you use good 380 ammo in a three inch gun, you're going to get some pretty good performance. And here's what's even better my Glock 42 is set up as a 7 plus 1. I have a Pierce plus 1 base plate on it. So I got eight rounds of 380. I mean, that's not too bad.
2: They're, uh, they are the perfect size, little 380. They're small enough to fit in a pocket, but they're yeah. big enough to shoot. Not like most of the other ones that you're winging a hope and a prayer. And I got to tell you, when Glock first came out with it, I was like, "Why? Why do they do this?" And then we went to the range, and I shot one of
0: them. Yeah, that's why they did it. And I went, "Oh, <laughs> I get this." That's why so, they did it.
2: Yes, I have one. It's in the safe. It's actually my wife's gun. She carries it all the time. Um, we're good to go with that little that 380. Why? Because my wife is not going to carry a bigger gun, so I will let her carry what she will carry and that's a lesson for all you guys there if you find something that somebody will carry Mm -hmm. don't argue with them let them carry it
0: let them carry it because they're carrying and that's the most important part
2: yeah
0: that's the most important part and i'll tell you what you know it's not going to matter if you have to defend your life with your gun it's not going to matter if you won the fight with a 380 a 9 a 40 a 45 or a 44 magnum it doesn't matter you won the fight you saved your life and then you get prepared for the legal fight afterwards. But <laughs> different story. Yeah, but you got to... But you actually, up. you have to have a gun, yes. Yeah, so the Glock 42, i got to talk a lot about, um, you know... I that
2: I, you know, everybody that does that, it's... You know, I we went to the match today. And the guys are wearing out all these zooted-out
0: race guns. Oh, yeah, they don't carry those. And they
2: don't carry those. Because, I mean, I'm going to harp on the, the guys that were standing us around on the match. Because you went to the safe table. You carried open there.
0: And yep. You
2: carried loaded. You go to the safe table to unload because you're supposed to carry... They don't allow you at the match to carry a hot gun.
0: And they got mad at me.
2: They got mad at you for having ammo at the safe table. And I said, well, he's got to unload his carry gun somehow. Yeah. And they both looked at me like I had a third eye.
0: Yeah. Well, you know why? Because they didn't carry loaded to the range.
2: And if they do carry, they carry something else that they leave in their car or... Correct. Or like they carry... You know, you're wearing the full-size gun to shoot the match, or me, I'm carrying my carbine around, and then the carbine goes in the bag in the back seat, and I still got my thirty eight Special in my pocket. Well, so the, the difference that you carry is the one that matters.
0: Yeah, the difference between me and those two guys, I shoot matches with my carry guns. I don't shoot matches with race guns. I used to do that back in the day. Now I figure, what's the point? Why, why get a nice race gun and spend $1,500 when I make all the modifications on the stupid thing if I'm never going to carry it? Uh, you know, if I want to play the game, I'll go back to doing that. But I'm not really interested in playing the game. I'm interested in becoming better with my carry gun. So you're right. I carried loaded to the range. And uh, that's. I think that's. if you're going to use your carry gun, that's what you should do.
2: Yeah, well, my whole point is that the gun that you have on you is the one that matters. To it is. you are listening to this right now. Pat yourself down. What gun are you carrying? That's yep. the one that matters. And it is. You're safe. The other gun that you keep in the bag, the one that's under your seat, probably doesn't matter. It's the one that you can reach out and touch right now. That's the one that matters. If you're in your car all day, or some of our friends are truck drivers. If you're a truck driver and you keep that gun under your seat all day, every day, and you never get up. So yeah, but it's the gun that you can touch right now. That's the gun that matters. Everything else is.
0: Everything you know, else, yeah. Just a range toy. We're sitting here in the handgun world mobile studio, and the only gun that matters is what I got on my body right now. I have another gun in my range bag, but it's way in the back of the truck. That's going to do me absolutely no good if I get into some kind of a situation. What matters is what I'm carrying on my body right now.
2: So that was my whole point with the Glock 42 versus all the bigger Glocks and everything. Whatever you'll carry, that's the one you should do. Yeah. Even if I don't like twenty-twos for carry, really... Not because better than nothing. It's better than nothing, but I won't carry a 22 because I haven't found one that's reliable yet. And see, I don't think you need. I think it's ammo, and the 22 is just rimfire revolvers. Yeah. Everything I've ever had in a 22 has been unreliable.
0: I'm gonna say something some people might find controversial, but I'm gonna say it anyway. I don't think you need to carry a 22 because there are so many easy to shoot small guns on the market these days that are 380 or nine or or better. Why carry a twenty two? You know, it used to be, well, if somebody, you know, had a hard time handling recoil or whatever, then they would carry a twenty two. But these days, with all the options out there, I mean, like we were talking about in the first segment, the Ruger LCP-2, that thing is so easy to shoot, so easy to carry. Why carry a twenty two caliber?
2: Yeah, there's still recoil on those little guns. And there's well,
0: Glock no the 42, 42, there's no recoil. Yeah,
2: there's less recoil there's still recoil a 22 revolver like j frame revolver there's zero recoil on one of those yeah so there still is there still is time that you may you know and i remember a story of a friend he his mom had one and she was getting towards the time she couldn't even hold the gun up really he put a laser on it for her and she would shoot the little 22 smith and wesson j frame from like compressed ready with a laser on it and it looked like she had to cock the stupid thing to make it fire but you know what? She could put them all center hits all the way okay. like 10, 15
0: yards. You convinced she me.
2: Even. So it's, there's a very rare point. Rare, 22 yes. 22 would be better than anything else. Most of the time it would be. But you know what? If you carry the 22 and it works for you, just get out there. 22 ammo is cheap. Shoot a thousand rounds through that gun and tell me how many times it malfunctions. Yeah. The correct <laughs> answer is zero. A maybe answer is one. If it's more than that, it's not reliable enough.
0: Yeah, well, okay. So you convinced me that there's rare cases to carry a 22, but I'm going to say rare. Well, I just keep you going know?
2: back to the stats that Greg Elifretz put up about actual real-world real shootings, where in handguns he found so little in its tenths of percentages of where it worked better than another. So i I right. like to quote, quote my class that it, it took like 2.7% of it, oh, I'm sorry let me rephrase that that's not percentage wise so to get people to stop body hits yeah with a 45 the average was like 2.7 rounds to do it with a 9mm it was like 2 Or sorry the other, yeah the other way around sorry <laughs> Can I cannot do my own stat but it was like 2.2 rounds was the average with 9mm yeah I can't even say no no
0: you, you were right the first time
2: yeah, yeah so the it was like 2.2 versus 2.7 rounds on average versus the 9 and the 45. On which one hit?
0: Half of a round and, difference.
2: Yeah, you can't fire half of a round. Right. And it was still like 2.9 rounds of 22, or 3.1 to stop. I can't remember if it was 2.9 or 3.1, but even with 22s to get the guy to stop in the chest, it was still like three between rounds. two and three rounds. So well, let's everything. think. My, yeah. That's where my magic. I get my magic three number from. I'm gonna shoot you three times in the chest if you try to attack me the odds are you're
0: going to stop. And let's let's focus on what you just said because you just said something very important. Everything was between 2 and 3 rounds that it took to stop the attacker. 2 to 3 rounds. How things. often every, are, everybody's so focused games. on capacity these days. And even sometimes I've said, "Oh, you got to have capacity." Really? 2 to 3 rounds, maybe 4 rounds. That's why I say you carry a shield with nine, you're fine. You carry a Glock 43 with 7, you're fine. You carry a uh, whatever, an LCP with, with 7. Well, if, if you can shoot it well and I you can, can get it out well, you're fine.
2: I can argue at this point all day, everywhere, up and down. Law enforcement has a hit ratio of like 1 and 5 right now.
0: So stop yeah, but we're not law enforcement. I mean, of, I'm talking about I'm talking magazine. about ordinary citizens. If you are law oh. enforcement listening to this, thank you very much. I love law enforcement people, and I and I really appreciate. And even you know, I I say I can, I carry a gun because I can't carry one of you cops. But but we're not. Most civilians are not out chasing down bad guys like law enforcement is. Most of okay. us are not doing not
2: that. Me. Not anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, and so. So basically, yes, we all know about the law enforcement shootings that take 10, 12, 14 rounds.
2: But so my just my thought is that if it's, you know, I can argue that you should have a high capacity gun because if law enforcement is doing 1 in 5 and we don't have any good civilian stats right now. I wish we had some good civilian stat like that. Yeah. So that we could look at it, you know, what's the civilian stat going to be? Is it 1 in 5? Is it 1 in 6? Is it 1 in 7? I mean, law enforcement for decades was 1 in 6 when they started To keeping stats, it was one in six, and it's finally bumped up in this last decade. Yeah, and that's like till 2010, it was one in six. It's finally bumping up to one in five. Okay, you know, so they have a 20 percent hit ratio in actual real real, and that's across the board. Some departments are better, some are worse. Some officers are better, some are worse. But if you look at that and go, oh wow, well, you know, we take some of the best officers and they missed, you know, two out of three what's that going to be for me? So you got to kind of take it all with a grain of
0: salt. Well, but here's the difference. Here's the difference. An on-duty cop gets to open carry a full-size service weapon. Most civilians don't or can't they don't they don't have they're not allowed to or don't want to open carry, a full-size service weapon, and a civilian's assignment is quite a bit different. A civilian's assignment is to defend their own life or the life of loved ones around them. A law enforcement's duty is to apprehend bad guys. I agree
2: not everything goes. And here's another weird stat that they do have. You know, law enforcement stats, the, the distances are more compressed than yes carry. So a law enforcement officer... The three-three-three rule is generally applicable: three rounds, three feet, three seconds. But for us civilians, the distances are actually longer.
0: Three yards. Longer um,
2: it's three to five yards. Three not to three five yards. yards. Yeah. So it's uh, you know, hey, no, not everything goes across, but we have really good law enforcement stats we can look at. Yeah, we do. So we can play with those a little bit. We, we do have. We don't have civilian
0: stats. So. But I think the point. Somebody will get us all to. It, I think the point but. of our conversation is that. If the large gun makes you not want to carry it, then oh, yeah. then don't insist and don't don't get anal about the fact that you have to have a large high capacity gun. If it's no good to you, if it makes you not want to carry it and and I mean carrying it on your body. If the 7 round gun means it's going to be with you all the time, you're good. That's uh-huh. I'm
2: arguing against myself here in a circle Yeah, (laughs) I'm totally in agreement with Bob. Carry, and I don't know who said it, but carry the biggest gun you can.
0: The biggest that you can, yeah. The gun
2: that you'll carry every day, carry the biggest one you can. Yeah. Biggest caliber, biggest biggest magazine capacity, biggest sight radius, biggest barrel. Whatever you'll carry the biggest, carry that one. If it's only a five-shot LCR like I got in my pocket, do that.
0: Yeah, it's if you, fine.
2: If you can carry a full-size Glock 17 or a 34...
0: Then do it. Then, Yeah. Yes, then more power to it. you if you can. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I carry a Glock 19 or an M&P uh, 9mm compact that are 16-round guns, but not all the time. And I have to step down. That's the beautiful thing about most places in America that are free. You, you have a chance to own several different types of guns. So if you need to step down or step up in gun, you can do it. You know, and so that's, uh, I think this was a good conversation about carrying. If any of you guys have any comments or questions about what we said, you know my voicemail number, 210-646-1727, uh, or email handgunworld.com, or email ben, ben at Modern Self protection. Dot com. Uh, we'd like to get your feedback on it because in the next episode, I want to do mostly listener feedback. I just got a, a voicemail recently about last episode's subject on sites. So I'm going to cover that next time. And uh, more feedback would be great. Ben, any last minute thoughts?
2: No, I think we argued this one in a circle probably too far.
0: <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. People benefit from it. All right, well, that's the end of this segment then. Thanks for listening. I'll be right back. Okay, it seems to be harder and harder for me to get good recordings while I'm on the road. My Toyota truck 4Runner actually makes more noise than uh, the two Hondas that I had, the two Honda Accords that used to be the Handgun World Mobile Studios. But I think you enjoyed the content. And if you have any comments or questions, don't forget... The voicemail number is 210-646-1727, 210-646-1727. I always welcome your emails at handgunworld at com. Don't forget Modern Handgunners. Ben and I just put a new video up. That's our free YouTube channel, Modern Handgunners. We put a new one up there on ear protection and... um Pistol loaders too. So check out pistol loaders and ear protection. I think that's episode ten on Modern Handgunners. Sign up for that. Uh, subscribe. I mean, subscribe to our our YouTube channel if you have not already. Just sh- just search Modern Handgunners uh, at YouTube. You'll find it. And I don't want to forget about my YouTube. I mean, excuse me, my uh, Amazon store. A lot of you still make purchases on my Amazon store at Handgun World. That. You don't have to spend any extra money to support me that way. Just go to handgunworld.com first and then click the Amazon store and make your purchase that way. Even if you have Amazon Prime, it works. And then Amazon will will pay me a little bit for you doing that. No money comes out of your pocket, but you still get to support this show anyway. So how cool is that? And thank you for all of you who still do that. I've had that Handgun World store going that uh, Amazon Handgun World store going now for, I think, five years, I think. Somewhere. Something like that. So, that wraps up this episode. Thanks again for listening. Remember to shoot straight, shoot safe, read your Bible every day. And I'll catch you next time. Goodbye.